Good morning. Most stories of deliverance, healing, and restoration in the Bible happen with the immediacy that the Gospel of Mark is noted for expressing. We are offered glimpses of the story, but not the drawn-out progression of the pain. For example, we may know that the woman with the issue of blood suffered for years before her healing. And in the Hebrew Bible, we have the example of Naaman in the book of 2 Kings, who suffered for years with leprosy. But we don't get access in their stories to their daily struggle. We meet them at their point of breakthrough healing in the story. But in Job's story, we receive an invitation into his process, and we find that Job copes by way of lament. In this week's passage, Job does not pretend to be okay. He doesn't need to use his faith as a shield or facade, keeping him from acknowledging his own deep grief. Job is talking to God and God alone. He's able to honestly speak his truth to the God of truth. He offers his words to God seemingly as complaint, yet we find in them this tension between complaint, fear, and hope. The just God that he expects to meet him seems absent. But Job still expects that justice will be realized once the Holy One chooses to act. Bible scholars point out that Job's compelling hope is that he might find a God who is more present than the one he now knows, the one he's now experiencing. Leading up to this moment in the text, Job has conceded that he has neither the strength nor the piety to stay the course with a God who is determined to destroy him for no reason and with no mercy. In his, in his despair, he had wanted nothing so much as the consent of his own conscience simply to give up and die. But now that same despair fuels a new resolve for him. Job determines to find the place where God is hiding and to press his presence on God's until the veil that separates them is lifted. Surely he believes God will honor the arguments of a truly upright person like himself. For a God of justice must be guided by reason and fair play, not power and petulance. In the portion, in the portion of the 23rd chapter that the common lectionary skips, we find an important part of Job's wrestling. Old Testament scholar Samuel Ballantyne puts it this way. Quote, Job's lingering fear is that the absent God who unjustly terrorizes him 
is all there is. In search of God, Job sets forth on an imaginative journey to the four points of the compass. But the God he seeks is nowhere to be found. In the second half of his speech, Job turns from the complaint about God's hiddenness to God's indictable failure as a fair and reasonable judge of the world. He begins with a critical question that authentic faith permits no innocent sufferer to leave unasked. Why? Why do those who know God is just never see the judgment that confirms God is God? Why do the wicked run free, leaving their victims to cry for help to a God who sees nothing wrong with the way the world is working? Why do those who rebel against the light have license to subvert the moral order of the cosmos by using darkness as a cover of their criminality? Why? By any normal definition of justice, such evidence requires God's intervention. Yet the violations go on, and God seemingly remains silent. End quote. It's tempting to skip over this painful wrestling. It can be so much easier to move past the uncertainty to find a place of comfort even if that comfort comes with the discomfort of knowing that we've avoided the hard but necessary questions. It's why Jesus says in this week's gospel passage in Mark, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. In his seeming indictment of the rich man, it's not that Jesus is predisposed against the wealthy, It's that the comfortable get so wedded to comfort that it becomes an insurmountable obstacle to doing the necessary things that God calls us to do. Job negotiates with God through lamenting. His lament moved him through a process in which his plea for his own death and escape from suffering transforms to a hope for vindication, which will presumably bring about a release from suffering. Escape from suffering and release are different. Escape allows for avoidance. Release, on the other hand, includes validation and overcoming. Lament is an act of hope that engages the Holy One with the fullness of our despair. Lament actually trusts God with the feelings we don't want to have. Lament honors the God who seeks to be in relationship with us, to walk with us in all of life's beauty and misery. Lament moves us from the bitterness of longing for escape to the hope of believing vindication, redemption, and justice are still possible. In our gospel reading, when the disciples respond in dismay after hearing that seeming impossibility 
of salvation. Jesus tells them, yes, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. In the courageous act of offering our lament, we are reminded that we have a partner with a capital P who has made themselves accountable to us through the promise of the covenant. Job reaches the point in his journey that he can say what needs to be said. He implores the omnipresent one to be found. He challenges the all-knowing God to provide answers. He proclaims that the creator has weakened him and the protector has instead caused him terror. And yet, he will continue to seek this God who remains his God. Now, this passage doesn't end neatly with all the tension resolved. There's no orchestral soundtrack playing in the background letting us know that everything works out for our hero in the end. Yet still there is hope. There is hope that God is still there. God is still engaged and God is still listening. Job's lament is not just venting in the abyss or griping in a futile attempt to feel better. In reality, Job's lament is an authentic part of his process moving to redemption and healing. Job has been put on trial and he knows his innocence and yet he has not been set free. But despite everything that he has been through, he still believes that vindication is possible. As a result, he takes his case to the only one with power to redeem, save, and deliver him from that which has imprisoned him. Yes, in lament, he searches for that God. He prepares his arguments for that God. And yes, he trusts in that God. I close with an affirmation of the practice of lament offered by minister and author Mark Vrogrop. He says, prayerful lament is better than silence. However, I've found that many people are afraid of lament. They find it too honest, too open, or too risky. But there's something far worse, silent despair. Giving God the silent treatment is the ultimate manifestation of unbelief. Despair lives under the hopeless resignation that God doesn't care. God doesn't hear, and nothing is ever going to change. People who believe this stop praying. They give up. And this silence is truly a soul killer. End quote. 
Will you pray with me this morning for the strength to be open and honest with our primary relationship in our being, that with our Creator? Will you pray with me? Gracious God, there are times when all we have within our being is a cry of lament. We know that you meet us there. We know that our willingness to continue to offer an engagement with you even in times of deep pain and lament, often are the times and the key to us moving through to a place of healing and redemption. We pray, O oh God, that we might offer with open hearts the pain that we bear this day. We pray that we will find you even in the midst and especially in the midst of our deepest lament. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.